Hello and welcome to the Write for Your Life podcast. I'm joined today by poet, um, copywriter, sister-in-law, co-host, various other hey. things. <laughs> Donna Sorensen. Um, Donna, you're going to be doing um, this on a, on a more regular basis with me, aren't you? Oh, well, yes, that would be wonderful. I just like chatting with you. <laughs> Indeed. Stuff. Um, cause, um, um, we're going to, I'm going to have lots of other guests on as, as I have been doing for the last or 15 episodes, lots of different guests, but every now and again, it's quite difficult to uh, keep up with the old editorial calendar with guests. And it's always nice to have a fallback <laughs> and, uh, and that's going to be, you. <laughs> no, I don't mean that you're a very talented writer who I complimented recently on your poetry. Oh yeah, that was, that was, um, that was very, it was my highlight, career highlight, Ian, when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is very good. Looking forward to your collection coming out. Anyway, enough of this. Um, so today we're going to talk about. Well, I'm not really sure how to. Um, maybe we'll come up with a title once I've um, once we've finished talking about it. But basically, I posted a link to Miss um, Lexia's uh, competition uh, deadline or something along those lines. So Miss Lexia, for those that don't know, is a um, a, a, a kind of a, a female author focused. Um, journal or magazine in the UK. It's been running for an awful long time. Very important and influential, I think uh, it's fair to say. Um, and and it's great. It's a bit of a bit of a literary institution in the UK. And um, and then you got in touch with me and said, "Well, first off, I said that one of the winning poems was one of my fa- all-time favourite contemporary poems. I think that obviously the poems that are in there that win are." amazing because it's an extremely high quality competition but I just it got me thinking about the fact that it was a women's only competition the dyslexia competition and how I felt about women uh, competitions where only women could enter how I felt about that as a as a woman and a writer um yeah so that was why we got we got thinking about it didn't we we did so what's what what is what are your opinions on on such a matter well I think I'm I think I'm against it is what I think. I think that and it may be naive of me to think this but I kind of feel that in this day and age surely there is a pretty much even even playing field with regards to um access to to publishing opportunities um for women and for men. Um I mean it's it's I don't think it's ever been this competitive and this difficult to get published. And, and also to, to differentiate between good writing and, and, you know, people putting stuff out there, just you know, self-publishing online, whatever. There is a lot of people writing and there's a lot of writing out there to be read. Um, and I just think that it's, it's the most accessible time in many ways for, for different people to get published. So I, I wondered why it was necessary to have a competition just for women. Um, maybe traditionally it's been more difficult for women to, to have those publishing opportunities if it was a bit of a boys club publishing or whatever in the past but I mean I've worked in publishing didn't really feel like a boys club to me I've got to be honest um, and I don't, I don't know it just, just seemed a little bit yeah I, I mean um, first of all we should qualify that we, we decided to just sort of switch the microphones on and just talk about it so we haven't it's not like we have uh, we, we're kind of hoping to sort of formulate our, our thoughts on this as we talk as much as anything <laughs> yeah. else because it's a sensitive topic isn't it when you talk about um, this kind of thing it's it's on the list of things where you have to kind of 
um, you know, you really probably should put some thought into it before you talk about it. We've put thought into it, but, you know, let's not pretend that we are, um, you know, 100% right or the experts in any way. Although you yeah. are an expert at being a woman, and I suppose I'm a man in many ways. Yeah, um, some ways, yeah. Um, but <laughs> absolutely, and it's just, I guess for me, it's really uh, made me question, you know, is actually publishing or writing, is it an open and even playing field? That's that's what, because, you know, I, I was reading a little bit about mislexia. I mean, the in, the intention behind it is, is, is very, very clear. If you read their kind of statement about why they are and why they exist, it's fascinating. I don't know if, you, if you've read it, Ian. No, no, well, I would have done years ago, but I mean, it's, yeah, to remind yeah, it us. Says, you know, they, 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 um, they're quite happy that mislexia, is quite close to the word dyslexia and that the that association is intentional because dyslexia is a difficulty more prevalent in men with reading and spelling and mislexia is a difficulty mislexia being the miss like for women and lexia to do with words um uh, is a difficulty more prevalent in women with getting into print yeah. mislexia is a complex set of conditions and expectations that prevents women who as girls so outshine boys in verbal skills from becoming successful authors so I think what you're saying is it feels like that that might have been something that was more more the case um, maybe a couple of decades ago and less the case now. That the op- you're saying the opportunities for women don't seem to be um, as uh, as kind of um, as um, as missing as as perhaps um, having an award for or having an award or a magazine just for women suggests. Um, I, when you when you kind of suggested that or, or first mentioned it, the first couple of examples. Um, I thought of was, uh, and I can't remember the list, and I can't find it on the internet, unfortunately, and I really should know. But a couple of years ago, there was there was absolute uproar because there was a list of, I think, um, uh, the books of the year, um, and or something along those lines, and there wasn't a single female author represented in that list. Yeah. Um, and and I think I think I think perhaps it's less it's less about. Um, opportunities for people getting published it's more a case of exposure and and, and i've always uh, thought kind of um winning prizes and 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 being uh, um, and that kind of thing but you actually said you did a bit of um research on the recent booker winners yeah well just i mean i just tried to look back over the last 20 odd years for things like the national poetry competition which you know one of the biggest poetry prizes just to see whether there were, you know, because these these competitions are anonymous. That's another thing, you know. I mean, it's when, when someone is is picked, it's because of the quality of what they've written, and there seems to be a really great balance. I think out of the last twenty years, ten have been women, which is, you know, obviously fifty percent. But six out of the last ten have been women. Six of the last ten years, the winners were women, and um, I don't know. I just it's, to me, I think. Going into to writing and publishing, I I literally had no idea that things like that were still a problem. Mm. Well, I like, like, like the, sorry, I said like the orange the orange prize was um, um, is a is is a long running prize, which is um, and, and one of the most important prizes has always been considered in the UK, which is um, for women only for female authors. Yeah, and it's no longer called the Orange Prize. I just found out today. Yes, but that's a sponsorship thing more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's really interesting to find out who is now paying for it, and it's um, it's it's being sponsored amongst other, well, amongst other sponsors by by famous uh, female writers. Mm. Uh, so you know, I mean, it's it's 
Yeah. Well, I mean, perhaps we can move the conversation on to something along the lines of, um, uh, is there a problem with what we perceive a female author to be? Are there, does, does being a female author come with a load of um, ludicrous assumptions about what your book might be about? Is the, the idea of providing um, a, a awards and a dedicated magazine with, you know, respect a magazine like Mislexia, um, does that bring a certain um, seriousness to it that, to try and sort of break down those assumptions and to say, don't just assume that, for example, everyone... Um, who is female and happens to write a book um, is writing something chiclet or about babies or you know to be facetious that's the thing I think with a prize like Miss Lexia I mean I would imagine that there's way more women than men would read or or find out about the competition winner I don't know that's just my assumption you know whereas with something like the National Poetry Competition I assume that there would be equally as many men and i'm sure that would be just because men feel that it's not for them you know if it's if it's a competition where they're not allowed to take part in then i just assume that men will feel like they they don't have a vested interest in 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 finding out who's won or or reading the poetry that that won well that's i mean that's an interesting an interesting point about men not wanting to read um fiction written by um women and excuse me And friend of the podcast, internet friend, Joanna Penn, um, um, who is an uh, independent th- writer of thrillers, kind of in the Dan Brown kind of mould. And she um, she changed, she her, her pen name was, uh, sorry, her actual name is Joanna Penn, and she changed her author name uh, to her initials, I've forgotten what her second initial is, but to J something Penn, I think it's J.F. Penn. And mm. one of the reasons she said she did it was because she felt like she was excluding herself from the male market of which for thrillers and such is pretty huge um, yeah. because blokes went up for, for reading thrillers written by women, which just seems mad, but yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, there's a long tradition of that, isn't there? And, and, um, and it goes all the way back to schools and the fact that um, boys apparently in this day and age in schools, they don't like to read books with female protagonists, even like kids books, you know, that you, it's, there's already this separation between mm. boys and girls and fiction and what they are supposed to like, you know, as early as whatever, four years old. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not then about uh, being a boys club publishing and, and having difficulties getting published. It's more just about, you know, the audience being read. It's about yeah. us. It's about people. Yeah, and of course, the, we, the the entire world has a long history of generally being rubbish to women. <laughs> you know, in a more general sense, there is more of a there's a more societal problem, isn't there, going on here? It's not just a a, a closed publishing thing. It's it's a it's a you know it's more of a it's like a, a widespread kind of problem. Um, but think, I mean, I, that's, that's exactly why. Like, I I I don't know. I guess that's another point is that when I see something like Mislexia, I think that it. I don't know, like Miss Lexi, the magazine is a different case entirely. You know, I mean, there is, they, they have a target audience. They, they have articles and, and things that they, you know, they're writing for people and then presumably writing for female writers. Well, it's, it's, an, and, it's a fantastic magazine. I've read uh, yeah. you know, loads, loads of copies of Miss it's, It is, you know, an excellent magazine. Yes, um, absolutely. It is. Um, but in terms of the competition, I guess to me, I just got a sense of, it felt like to say, saying, you know, women are still being treated as second class. Mm. 
with regards to literature. So just the very act of having a prize for women, um, yeah. it just highlights that, that highlights the, the notion, exacerbates the idea that um, uh, women are different yeah. in some way. I mean, or, that's the way I felt. I, and, and I don't know, it's, you know. Well, another recent example was the Sylvia Plath um, um, bell jar cover wasn't it which was all over the internet for for a few days oh yeah totally the 50th um, anniversary cover yeah that was really interesting just the way that they had completely um turned it into this kind of very very light fluffy girl doing her makeup um and looking in a mirror kind of cover it's yeah that was that was very very interesting when actually the original bell jar uh, cover is one of the most beautiful covers ever made it's just an absolutely gorgeous cover in fact there are, there are a couple of covers um that are that have sort of stood the test of time they're just beautiful design work and yeah. um and and they re-released it uh, as you say um i guess it was late last year i think i might lose track of time um and um and there was uproar because it made it feel a bit kind of chiclet and of course this is a a deeply kind of disturbing moving piece of work and it's got very little to do with um, what most people would consider chiclet, which is a really horrible phrase. I hope when I, when people hear me using that phrase, I, I use it in a kind of uh, in a way that's only well, only because everyone else kind of does. But you know, you kind of know what I mean. I hope. Um, yeah. And um, and and so again, it was about perception. It was like, why would we? And and, and I think seriousness. So the the uproar. I think there's lots of reasons for the uproar, but I think part of it was that it was kind of in some way trivialising what was an extremely serious and important book. Yes, absolutely. And also the fact then that it, it brought to light again this idea that chick lit, you know, that the fact that people were up and out raw. Oh, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Is that like some sort of suburb of Copenhagen? <laughs> no, the, the, the fact that people were really upset about the link between, you know, Sylvia Plath's Belgium and chick lit, it, it again underpinned this, this idea that chick lit is second class fiction. Because people didn't want Sylvia Plath to be associated with that, you know. That's another thing to think about. It's, hmm. it's that she should be so far away from that. It's, well, it's certainly different, it's a different type of writing, isn't it? There is, I think, I think the idea of, of kind of fluffy, um, fluffy is definitely the wrong word. Well, I'll stick with chiclets. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a better word that... That uh, to to use, but it is uh, it's a it's a genre, isn't it? It's a, it's a very it's a very different type of fiction to something well, like the Bell Jar. So, which is depressing. I mean, it is the Bell Jar. You know, these, it's 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 mm. difficult and troubling and depressing. And and I guess that that's the thing about Chicklet is that it's it's fulfilling. But it's a about market for buoyant, light reads. I don't know. That's just my interpretation of it. But again, but again, it's it's also about perception, isn't it? So the idea here is that it doesn't really matter that we're excuse me, trivialising the cover which, and, um, of, of such a serious, important book with what seems to be a kind of very much a, um, a cover that's based around image and that kind of thing. I mean, I don't, I, don't think it's a, I don't think the cover is horrendous, but it's definitely not especially representative of the content. And mm. it's, it was a marketing thing, I think, totally. as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do we think that, you know, what do you think that the reason we have a prize for women, the reason we have covers like this happen is just entirely to do with marketing? There is no kind of, you know, if it sells more books, then why should we complain? Mm. Well, that, I think that, that so. wasn't an opinion, by the way. That was a that was a statement to discuss. Oh, a statement for everybody in general to discuss. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. You know, it's one of those things that, like, you just if you're looking for, for prizes 
to be involved in. You know, you're, you're happy that there are more prizes um, available. You just want to be able to be involved in things. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining from that sense that there are competitions like the Mislexia competition. But I don't know whether that's got anything to do with marketing because that's just literally about um, promoting or, or getting female writers seen, getting them exposure. And, and, and if they need that exposure through a, a female-only channel, then then I guess we are, yeah, we are not where I thought we were. Well, and here's another example that I picked up on yesterday. So we had, um, <clears throat> or maybe it was the day before, um, the author, uh, Nikesh Shukla, um, on Twitter posted a link to an article in GQ, which is, I guess, um, you know, fair to say it's a magazine very much aimed at men. However... The article is uh, The New Canon, the 21 books from the 21st century that every man should read. And the majority of the books are by men. Okay, it's a magazine for men. Let's let's sort of put all the kind of issues there to side um, uh, to one side for a second. Um, but the presentation of the article itself is, is, is interesting because they have for each entry. So here I'm looking at number 19. We have Ian McEwan, excuse me, for his novel Saturday. And we have, a, we have a picture of the book, the cover, a bit of blurb, the title, and then an image of the author. Now, the image of the author here is um, of, of Ian McEwan, and this is the case for most of the authors on this list. It's an illustrated um, picture of Ian McEwan looking quite serious. So it's not actually a photo, it's an, an illustration, quite nice illustrations. It's the same for The Yellow Bird by Kevin Powers, which is just below, and it's the same for a number of others. Um, and then we get to number 21 on, 21 on the list, um, which is a novel called The Namesake, and I apologise for pronouncing her name wrong, but uh, uh, Jhumpalari. Um, and the picture that they've chosen for her is of her with... It's a very elegant, um, a very beautiful kind of image, but it looks like she's not wearing anything. <laughs> um, and me and you, I, I mentioned this to you before, um, that this is something that I, would, I might bring up, because I thought it was interesting, and again, it's about perceptions and, you know... Why on earth have they chosen that picture of her? And you said, well, you know, it's GQ, you know, you know what they're like kind of thing. And then we both had a look on Google Images for other pictures of her. And this particular image that they've chosen for this article is about halfway down Google Images. And all the ones above that are perfectly, perfectly good. In fact, lots of very good author shots of her not looking like she's naked at all. They look like a perfectly reasonable photo to use of an author that you might include on the 21 books for the 21st century list. But... Um, yeah. And it's to me, it was just kind of a perfect example. But you know, is it okay to just say, "Well, it's GQ; it's a magazine for men." That's all right. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, the same kind of stuff goes on on the other side of the fence, and you know, women's magazines and things like that. It's it's it is all of this is very very tricky. It does is it very- does it really though? Does it really go on in the same way? I mean, well, if, if I was on the top twenty-one books that every woman should read, and I found my nipples were on show, I'd be. <laughs> Surprised. <laughs> I should add. I should add that Jumpalari's nipples are not on show in this picture, so you should not try and find the picture. But it, it's but kind would of. You be, would you be against, like, for example? I mean, I'm, I, I doubt that the author was was um, contacted to be to give the okay for that photograph. But say, for example, you were contacted by a women's magazine, um, you know, that's all about kind of photos of celebrities and clothes or whatever, and they said we want to put you in, but we want. The best photograph you've got, like a photograph of you looking like really hot. Would you say, <laughs> no, I want to give you the one 
the, the one where I look really, really intellectual sitting behind my desk? Or would you say, fine, if that's what sells and that's what sells my book, then I'll go with it. Take this one of me in the bath filled with baked beans. My, my honest, completely honest answer is that I would absolutely go for the first option and want a picture of me that was serious and represented, uh, was a fair representation of me. Apart from the fact that a picture of me in the bath would be sort of <laughs> repellent in almost every way. <laughs> Um, for anyone to kind of kind of look at it's it's my I think this is this is quite an important point my and I talk I've talked about this before about how kind of and everyone knows you know if you've if you've got a novel published and I have and I'm I'm very lucky to have and you know although it's taken a lot of hard work you know a lot of good things need to happen to you you need a bit of luck but basically it's 10 years of work and I take um, you know, there are jokes about penises in Ace or Angelica. Not too many, but a couple. And But, as that aside, it's a pretty serious book. And even if it wasn't a serious book, even if it was all full of jokes, I would still consider myself a serious writer. And a picture of me in the bath would just entirely trivialise the ten years of work that I put in. It could, it's, it, I, and, I, and, I, and I should be. I should have some level of control over the image that people use. And I'm not. It's it's difficult because you know, I'm not a celebrity in 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 any way, as you know. But you, but just because you've achieved something, it doesn't mean that you suddenly give up the, your rights to um, how you how you appear in public. I mean, for crying out loud, if 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 my profile on the university website where I work, if that was a picture of me in the bath, the, the, that would be totally inappropriate. So why would it be? I mean, the, the bath example is quite extreme, but I don't. If 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 this was, um, I've gone off the page. I'm sorry. I've terrible, terrible research. But if this was, um, if 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 she if she had an office job, I'm trying to find her name again. I feel terrible. I've completely lost my page. Um, then, if if she had an office job, then and they used that page, it would be massively inappropriate. So why her being an author with you know a, a degree yeah. of a, a, a very good degree of success? That doesn't suddenly give you the it just doesn't mean oh it's okay to use that picture that you've got um, where where it looks like you're not wearing any any top. Yeah, well, I mean, this is all about what you have to do in this day and age to to fight your corner or to be seen or to get exposure. And you know, there are, think about all the millions of people out there that would be more than willing to do more than having pictures of themselves in the bath in order to get seen or to to write a book or to publicise a book. I mean, it's. In, in this day and age, you can see everything and everything's in your face. And it's, it's, you know, there are obviously people that wouldn't be prepared to do that. But I mean, I guess, are there authors that would be prepared to do it? I don't know. Well, one of the things I think we've seen over the last six, six months is the, uh, the, a few scandals that have exposed just how far authors will go to sell books and to, to, um, sully They've other people. Sock puppeting. Sock puppeting and, um, and uh, plagiarism and and all kinds of things have, have kind of come to light in the last six months to to a year that have that have been you know fairly uh, as an author fairly unimaginable. I mean, yeah. I I I I couldn't really imagine writing positive reviews in my book on Amazon or or writing especially writing negative reviews of someone else's book it's simply with the goal of selling more of my own. I mean, it's no. it's. It's there are so a lot far... of inscrutable people out there. Well, there are, there are, but uh, yeah, and I... desperate people, I guess they must be. I mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Some of the people, that, the people that were doing that, were extremely successful authors already. Yes. It's bizarre. Um, a bit like those celebrities that. 
go shoplifting. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> totally like that. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, we, we slightly strayed away from, from the topic there. And um, what, one of the reasons I, I'd like to open this up to the audience, so that we, a good few people listen to the podcast. It's, it's primarily a one-way street where I talk nonsense or I talk to a guest who... Or who, who talks some sense, um, but very rarely do I ask for case, for then. for input and um, and that kind of thing, and um, and that's silly. I should. So I think this is. I think it's fair to say from that conversation that we are fleshing these thoughts out ourselves, ourselves. And um, it'd be yeah. And I'd like to know whether people think that you know the literary world is still dominated by men, or, or you know whether they hold the keys to all the doors and are pulling all the strings. That's what I'd like to know because maybe I'm, maybe it, it is like that. Well, Hilary, Hilary Mantel would uh, suggest that, um, the, the female authors in the book are doing, um, and all, in fact, in, in her case, all literary prizes this year, it would seem, um, mm-hmm. the, 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 female authors are getting recognition, but you know, in general, I think it's just a handful of authors that are actually getting recognition. It's been interesting to see the um, list of Granter's young young authors, um, or um, gosh, I've forgotten the, the, uh, the, the, the correct phrase, but there's a very sort of influential list of um, authors that are going to define the next 10 years. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be very disappointed if I'm not on the list, but... Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the makeup of that list is. So I've already heard um, people mention various female authors that they think should be on there, and um, let's hope that there is a good good representation. But there should be. I mean, maybe this is okay. Let's make but this. Yeah, up. I, I would. I, I think that in that, of course, there would be. Of course, there would be. I mean, the the, the quality of of writing of both sexes, is, you know, is is fantastic. Always has been. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, what we're both campaigning for is. Um, is that it's not be an issue, but I, I guess what we're asking is how much of an issue is it still? Yes, that's that's it. That's ha- exactly what we're doing. I have a, a very short anecdote to finish with, if that's uh, if you will permit me such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, my um, when I did my undergraduate degree, I was taught by um, a great author called um, Archie Markham. His um, his pen name was E. A. Markham. And uh, is a Caribbean author, lived in the UK for many years, hugely sort of talented and well respected. Um, and he founded the writing course at Sheffield Hallam University, and it was one of the earlier writing courses. Had an excellent reputation, and I, I, as far as I know, still does. And he was very, he was, he was kind of an oddball in many ways, but he was a wonderful tutor. But lots of people kind of didn't see it that way. But I thought he was just incredible. And he would frankly, a lot of a lot of tutors would give you worksheets and kind of have you do an exercise and all that kind of thing. Archie preferred to pretty much just talk for an hour and and all being well, you would absorb the information and become a better writer at the end of it, which I think I definitely did. Um, and I remember him once. Um, after it was an undergraduate session, I think I was probably in my second year. So we're talking people who are 19, 20 years old. They're on an English degree, but they don't, they're not necessarily on the English degree because they love creative writing. That just comes as part of the package, whereas I was there because I love creative writing. And, hey, great, I get to do English literature and language as well. So there's people that want to write, um, but there are also people who aren't so fussed. Um, and the group was largely populated for some reason by um, by women at this point um, and um, I remember him having a, a, somewhere between a rant and a kind of controlled p- 
piece of const- constructive feedback, um, uh, and it was aimed at the at all the, the girls basically they're in the class, and I remember feeling very uncomfortable by it, and I remember lots of the girls feeling very offended by it. And one of the things that he was um, that he was um, he, he was kind of saying, I've forgotten his exact phrasing, which would have been incredibly eloquent and usually quite quite amusing, but he was basically furious because he felt like all the girls were writing. Um, stories, I think they were, or poetry, that that wasn't serious. And he said, um, this is that he came came out with lots of grand statements, and he said something along the lines of, you know, you have a responsibility to um, to um, womanhood, as it were, to take this seriously. And I think I think to give you a, a much more kind of plain English and a very crude version of events, he was saying, don't just write about all your problems. Um, you need to write, you know, you're a woman, you, there's a long tradition of female authors, you need to be writing in that tradition and take this a bit more seriously. And I remember being, people being offended, I remember not knowing what to think, and I, I remember sitting there thinking, well, looking at my stuff, thinking, well, that's kind of about my problems. <laughs> um, so there are lots of issues with him saying that kind of thing. But um, um, uh, I, I think his, his overall point was that he didn't want to, he didn't want young female authors to buy into this idea that um, that their writing wasn't serious because of course of course it's not i hope you know i'm not suggesting any of those things um but yeah no that was uh, an interesting the other thing he said very quickly and i know i realize that you've not said anything for about 20 minutes but the other, <laughs> the other thing which I've, I've never forgotten and every single second i wrote i was writing ace frangelica i tried to think about it was that um and, and I, I won't get the phrasing right but it was along the lines of um when you're writing always try and achieve sentiment but never sentimentality and um it was uh, it's um it takes it just have a think about it it takes a bit of a while to work out exactly what it means and i think you kind of interpret it in your own way but it's something i've never forgotten it's an unbelievably good piece of writing advice yeah totally whoa i wonder how many of those women have gone on to be published authors well i i i don't know about that but i know i i think a couple are um sort of kept in touch with the probably professors and such not of creative writing necessarily hmm. but um, I think I'm probably the only published author from my um, my classes it's not something that people really go into as a career because <laughs> they want to sort of earn money and do things like that oh I guess well this yeah yeah it was English wasn't it so yeah yeah all right that was a bit of a waffle I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That was a bit of a waffle. We're sorry, everyone, if that was a waffle. We did talk about whether we should actually talk, talk We're about We're sorry. I didn't... I, <laughs> this is all your idea. Oh. Um, right, so, yes, if you want to give us some feedback on any of this, and we would much appre- you know, really appreciate uh, your thoughts, probably the simplest and easiest way to do it, if you want to do it in public, is to either... You can leave a comment on the um, blog post that goes with this podcast, which you'll find at ianbroom.com, and it will be um, and, or ianbroom.com slash podcast, and then if you find this episode, then you can leave a comment on there. Very easy to get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm, I'm Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E, and you are... Don underscore S underscore Sorensen, and I thought, you know what, I should change that. <laughs> after our last discussion? <laughs> yeah, after I was forced to recite it to you, and I was like, oh, that's, yeah... Not, that doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. I call it something that will get everyone's attention. Okay, but for the time being, Thank just so people can actually have a conversation with us, it's Don underscore S underscore Sorensen with an E. 
Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so, or, or email me. Feel free to email me. It's uh, Ian I A I N at writeforyourlife.net. Um, so yes, tell us your thoughts on um, on whether, I guess, whether the publishing industry is dominated by men, or uh, whether we have a, a problem with, um, I guess, um, perceptions and assumptions about uh, female authors and all of the stuff that we talked around in a slightly uneducated way. <laughs> yeah. That summed it up lovely. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us again, Donna, and hopefully you'll be on a very, uh, a very uh, near future episode. Thank you. Thanks very much.